Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Octave. We're back. The crew's back here at the round table to talk to you guys today about a really interesting topic. And this one is entitled Mastering Ownership. That's right. Being the owner of your masters, whatever kind of work that you put out, we want you guys to have ownership of it. And, you know, it's been kind of a hot topic, especially within the last couple of weeks due to various artists who are in the news right now who are in fights with their labels to try to get back the ownership of their masters. So uh, we wanted to come in today and, uh, you know, sit down and talk with you guys about it. So I'm your man, Tick Best. This is B-Dub. This is Elisan. Or BX. It's in Mills. All right, y'all, good to have everybody in here. So let's get started with talking about our masters. You know, we hear that terminology thrown around a lot, like, you know, um, I own my masters, I own my, you should own your masters. But, you know, what exactly is a master recording? Not everybody knows exactly what that is. Yeah, so just, someone break it down for me, please. Yes, That's gonna, a great starting point. We're going to break it down because we hear that terminology a lot. So the master recording is really just an official original recording of a song. Now, that can be a song. It can be a sound. Um, it can even be a performance. But it's the original recording of that said song, sound or performance. And it's also referred to, that original is referred to as a master. So, you know, it's really the source from which all the other later copies that are produced um, are made. They're all created from that master. So we're going to get into it a little bit about, you know, why is it so important to own your masters? You know, why is there such a fight between record labels and producers giving an artist back the ownership of that, you know, said recording so we're going to start off with my girl v dub and v why don't you take us through you know how you feel about you know artists and their masters and you know why it's so important for them to own their own masters owning masters uh just gives the artists the legal rights to freely maximize um all the money-making opportunities for all them um whether it be tv shows and films or commercials or even when somebody wants to sample their actual work they have the freedom and flexibility to say yes or whatever they want to do because they own their music. If someone else is owning the masters of the music, like the record label or like a producer or engineer, then those people have the right to license um, out the record, the recording, and they actually they actually take all the money instead of the actual artist. Let's talk a little bit about that, because right now in the news, there is a pretty big situation happening with um, one of my favorite artists, which is Miss Anita Baker. And I know we're going to really get into her a little bit later on, but I just want to share something before we get all into the conversation. So Anita Baker right now is fighting to get her masters. She's outlived her contracts. And there is a clause or a rule that states that after 35 years past the time that that song was created, that the actual ownership of the song can go back to the person who originally created the song. So Anita right now has um, outlived some of her contracts, but she hasn't outlived the recording of all of her music. So some of the first earlier stuff, like the Songstress album with Angel, 
That's like 35 years. She can actually get the master's by law. And Rapture is turning 35 this year. Is it 30, 35 this year? Okay. It's, it came out in 86, so there you it go. would be hitting 35. That's right. So, um, you know, she's due, but the record companies are really creating a fuss. They don't want to give her her master's back. So um, the problem is when a lot of artists, when they're new and um, or they're just entering the business, they don't realize that um, at the beginning when they sign away the masters, it means that they sign away the rights um, for their work and even the, their future work, which I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that if they don't own the masters, even the work that they did in the future, they don't own. So that was that was something new I, I researched. A lot of the artists that own the masters, just if you like Taylor Swift or Jay-Z, which was interesting about Jay-Z, who's one of my favorite rappers. But after he became president of Def Jam, he changed ownership of his masters to himself. So that was like a boss move, you mm-hmm. know? And then also Rihanna, she took control of her masters in 2016 and she obtained all of her old albums masters. So that was pretty cool. As far as Nita Baker problems owning her masters, she's one of our favorites. Absolutely. I mean, you know, of course, you know, my favorite song of hers is Body and Soul and Sweet Love, you know, but it was crazy that I didn't know that she doesn't own her masters. And, you know, she's fighting right now to get all that. And they're just giving her a huge issue with it, which is totally wrong. She's like, OG. you know, they should just give it to her. Absolutely. You know, 100 percent agree. Um, All the work that Anita has put in over the years, the classic albums that she's given us. She's like you said, she's 100 percent OG and they just need to, uh, you know, stop fighting with this woman who dedicated her life to the industry and giving us quality music and you know she's outlived her contracts give her her masters so let's talk about you know artists that we know who've been in the same type of struggle as anita those who are fighting to get back their masters and also you know why it's so important for them to have their masters and why record companies are just really reluctant to even give it back to them so let's talk a little bit about that so we'll talk to Elise Ann first and Elise, you know, tell us about some of the artists that you know that have been in that same type of fight. So, well, to start, this is like a real big travesty. I've said it before on this show, like, I don't care about rich people problems. But then when I started researching it and it's profoundly impacting artists that I like, I'm like, this is terrible. You hear about it. Not only Anita Baker, I'm not the biggest fan, but this is huge with Taylor Swift right now. She's trying to get her masters back from Scooter Braun, who's someone that she despises. It's a really, really big thing. Um, Prince in the 80s and 90s, this man was dropping albums literally every five minutes, trying to like get out of his contract and get his um, master recordings back. Uh, TLC, if I'm not mistaken, that this was a big thing um, under L.A. Reid and his wife. They did them kind of oh, dirty, them young girls. Dirty. I, I am sorry. I know they were young and it's the business, but that was just disgusting because they were huge artists. And for them to not see anything from those major R&B pop songs they was putting out is a terrible situation. I think ultimately what the issue is especially as fans and us not paying attention to it. Oh, you know, I pay $10 a month on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm just going to stream it. I don't really care. I was reading an article on The Independent about this, and um, they quoted a, from this book called Unfree Masters by Matt Stahl. And it says, The stars of popular music often appear to be so free and to be doing such enjoyable, expressive, and fulfilling work that it almost seems strange to think 
of them as working people, then the journalists continue. But even if Anita Baker enjoys singing, that singing is still um, work. The fact that art is fulfilling has increased competition and made it easier for artists to be exploited. Mm. You know, you think of someone like Anita Baker, she, she should have ownership of her music. This woman's 63 years old. Like, why are y'all making her fight for it? You know, she was like the queen of the quiet storm. Two of her albums, Songstress is like, what, 38 years old? Mm-hmm. Rapture is 35 years old. Let that woman get her masters back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What is the issue? Why are y'all not giving her masters? Which shows the a big flaw with, you know, the music industries, particularly the record labels. Like, if they don't have those masters, they probably don't have anything. Especially now in this whole streaming era, these artists coming in independent and stuff like that. They need those masters to be sustainable. So I think this is going to be a huge thing, especially with, you know, I hate to bring race into it, Taylor Swift. This is going to be a huge issue when artists are going to get out of those contracts or just not sign in the future. Because why why do that? Why own someone? You essentially owning them. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Corby X. I like to touch on the Prince situation. Like for years, as Lucian said, that he wouldn't even, up to this day, well, before he passed, I was looking at a couple of interviews with some hip hop artists. Nas, for one, he wanted to do, um, Nas wanted to do something with Prince. Prince had to deny him. He said, yo, do you own your masters? Yeah. He's like, nah. He's like, listen, if you don't own your masters, can't work with you. Mm-hmm. So work on getting your, your masters together. Um, and only your masters. Even recently, DMX, he told a story about they were in a club one time and Prince was schooling him about, yo, getting your masters, owning your masters. It's definitely a big thing. Understand that you might sign a deal early on, but you should have the right to own those masters at a particular time after you fulfill your contract, like was mentioned, or even have a chance to buy out or pay for your masters. That way they're yours. As far as like, you know, with the creative control, when you create something, it's supposed to be yours and yours alone. And if you want to use, uh, have another artist use your sample, your song, whatever, let's take for instance, um, Nicki Minaj and Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj did a song, Tracy Chapman's music, and Tracy Chapman shut that down. Yeah. Why? Because she owns her masters. Right. So... It's a lot had to do with your your piece of work being distributed to other people without your say so. That's a that's a that's a bad move. It is on the record company part. Definitely, definitely is. And Mills, what can you weigh in on this? I think uh, owning your masters is extremely important. Uh, when you think about it, so many people they take money up front after they write songs. And um, what happens is you're always in the rares if you don't own your masters. And it's like a bank. Uh, The bank makes money if you're always owing the money. Um, Overdraft fees, things like that pile up. And that's how the bank is almost able to print up money. So for artists, if the record company is able to front you a million dollars, and now after 10 years, they made 20 million or 30 million off of you, when they come back to recoup the money they invested originally, they're going to compound interest on that. They might have some shady practices in which they're paying people that you don't even know about. And so you're always playing from behind. And then when you do go to do your own thing or to buy your masters back, now they're really not worth anything because, you know, Old Town Road is over or whatever mm-hmm. other hit you might have had in the beginning. And they've already recouped all that money from you. So just being able to 
master your ownership to own your masters is extremely important so that you have that residual income and even the publishing which is a total different aspect being able to own not just the recording but just being able to license things as was talked about earlier is very important taylor swift situation is really really interesting because she's trying to figure out a way to pretty much to kind of screw the <laughs> the, the record labels back over because she couldn't get her masters back so homegirl decided, well, you know what I'm going to do now that I have creative control over my music at this point going forward, I'm going to re-record all of my old catalog and just call it Taylor's version. And so now she'll have creative control of her work that she put out years ago, except now it's just going to be a more mature sound. because She doesn't sound like she did when she first came out, but she's got her a way to try to get that control back because as Elise Ann brought out, uh, Scooter Braun uh, doesn't want to give her anything back. So she's uh, she's kind of screwed with that one, but uh, it's, it's a crazy situation. So there's something I do want to bring out to you guys. Um, and that's with a really, really old group, the Beatles. The Beatles um, released their album, I think it was called Please Please Me back in, 1960 something i think it's like 62 or 63 that they put out that album and um actually might have been even before that i think it might have been before that might have been in the 50s actually when that album came out but it was in the 60s that the debut album um, had went to a publisher named dick james he had a company called northern songs and um northern songs got sold um, or I should say Dick James really sold his stake in the Northern Songs company and it went to ATV Music. ATV Music may sound familiar with you because Sony has a division called Sony slash ATV for a long time. So at the time, ATV Music was separate and Dick James has sold his stake in the company to ATV Music. So some of the Beatles like John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they tried to actually buy northern songs like the entire company as a way to keep their masters but they got outbidded and they lost to that company atv so fast forward from that 60s time to like the 80s like mid 80s michael jackson mm -hmm. michael jackson um actually came in and he created a lucrative deal to get atv and sony music together so pretty much he owned the masters of the beatles during that mm -hmm. time period sure so, did. you know it was crazy like the the beatles were still trying to get their music get their music get their music and they couldn't so then later on um jackson actually um i think he sold his stake in sony if i'm not mistaken i believe so that sounds yeah. accurate yeah sold his stake in sony and um reverted the masters back if i'm not mistaken back to the beatles well at, paul mccartney um yeah well yeah i think for 407 yeah, something yeah, it, like, was, yeah. yeah it was a it was a buyout <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't just revert it. it was definitely a buy it was a big big money deal but look at how long it took the beatles like 50 years almost mm -hmm. to like finally get control to the work that they did way back in the 50s sometimes it's really really it's monstrous and so i was looking at this article in people um and it had something about the Beatles. It says, let's read this one little excerpt. It says, after decades of drama surrounding the rights of their masters, Paul McCartney filed a lawsuit in 2017 
in hopes of regaining some of the brand, the band's earliest work under the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows artists to reclaim copyright from publishers after 35 years. So now this fast forwards us to the Anita Baker situation because now mm-hmm. her work is past that thir- is around that 35 year mark. And according to that U.S. Copyright Act, she's trying to get the masters back. So what Anita's been doing is going on social media and telling everybody, please do not stream my music until I get my masters back. Because she doesn't want the record company to make any more money or the publisher to make any more money off of her music. And, you know, it's so she... hard to do, especially on Sundays. Like, what's a Sunday without Anita Baker in the I house? Mean, honestly. <laughs> Does it even exist? Is that even a Sunday? <laughs> you need that quiet storm when you're cooking and you're cleaning. You need that. You do. So please give Anita back her masters because my house is falling apart. <laughs> I haven't been able to clean right <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely been on the kick of not playing her music. Anita's pulling that Dave Chappelle. You know, what pulling that Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Another one. Yeah. That's a huge thing with Dave Chappelle and Comedy Central or HBO, or whatever, with the Chappelle show. Yep. It's his name. Give him the rights to that show. Absolutely. Give him the rights. Yeah, so I mean, what? He left and went I mean, to Africa. So what? Give I mean, him his. Chat has so much power that Netflix said, "All right, we shutting it down since you know you're not getting paid for for you know from Comedy Central." They shut it down. I forgot who else. Bizarre he said thing. he called HBO, but I think it's still on there. No, no, but H- no, HBO. They took it down too for a while. Okay, good, good, good. But then he was able to get it, get everything back. So now they put everything back on the HBO. Okay, that's now. okay. Because I, I was like, that's, I that's know the part I, I missed. saw it on HBO Max. Yeah, like, I didn't know that he got it back. Got that's it back. good. Yeah, he got it. He got it back. So, okay. so the but that move that Netflix it. pulled was awesome. That just shows the empathy they have, being that he brings in so much money with those six stand-ups he has on yeah, there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That respect that they have him to just take it down on a phone call. Like, Yo, I, I'm not making any money. You, you need to take it down. And they did it yep. and gave him no problems. You got to come in with that sort of empathy for these artists. Because this is time. It's, it, it looks enjoyable because it, they look like they're just being themselves. But this is also work. It's yeah, work. It's work. And it's work for our entertainment. And uh, it's it's quite a shame that as a consumer... You have to pay to see this work or to own a piece of the work, to buy an album, to watch a special. Most of these specials come on a streaming service nowadays. So you have to pay in order to access that streaming service and then to find out on the back end that your favorite artist or favorite comedian or whoever it may be is not getting their just due. That's pretty terrible. That's mm-hmm. pretty terrible. I'd hate to have to give a service to the world and I'm using a middleman to to uh, distribute that service, but I'm not getting any money. The service is getting their money because people got to stream through it or whatever. But me on the back end, I ain't getting nothing or, they, or they're giving me pennies on the dollar for what they're really yeah. taking. That's craziness. And they didn't put any work into my creativity. Yeah, and I think we're going to see more artists yeah. coming out, especially now in the pandemic since we relied heavily on these streaming services, rather it be music or for television. You know, these artists aren't getting any other kind of work. They're not doing concerts and selling merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah. Anita Baker said in some tweets about like Spotify, which is the biggest streaming, she getting what, you know, a third of a cent for mm-hmm. her music. And this woman retired, but even if she was, you know, a part of the industry actively working, she couldn't tour right now. So she's relying on three, a third of a penny 
for each stream of her songs. How do you get a third of a penny? That, that, a third of a penny. Please make it make sense. That's why Jay-Z did the title move. I mean, I don't pay for title, but it makes sense. Like, make sure these artists are getting their proper pay yeah. for their art. I was looking at, and this is just something anybody can always go check this later on, but on Twitter, it was just a three, well, one bio and, and two tweets that I thought were just interesting. So Anita Baker's Twitter page in the bio, it says farewell concert series 2018 slash 2019 retired from the plantation in 2020. <laughs> wow. And then it says return my masters in 2021, please. I mean, it looks like slavery to me. I mean, honestly. So uh, on her on her page on March 25th, she put out a tweet that has a gif of Taylor Swift clapping her hands. And it just says her creations bought and sold again and again. Wouldn't even let her do a buyout. Taylor Swift re-recording her catalog slash Taylor's version. The good fight. Go girl. <laughs> the auntie. Right. The auntie support. That's the all you need. Support, right? And then uh the last tweet on here was uh Taylor responding back that just says, I'm Taylor talking to Anita Baker. I'm cheering you on in your fight to get back your work and appreciate your support so much. Thank you. And Anita just responded, solidarity. So it is interesting now to see artists completely different genres of artists. Mm -hmm. But they all have one thing in common and it's their fight against the big machine and the big machine is like i want your money and, I, and i'm not going to give you you know the rights to everything you can just get these royalties yeah and it's interesting with core board out because core board out the fact of um having a buyout look at taylor scooter braun don't want to let her buy nothing that's kind of a shame however this is a very smart move on taylor's part mm -hmm. to re-record to re-record I think that's really, really smart because now it's like, well, I'm in a position now to have um, total control on my music going forward. So why don't I just record all that old work? And yeah, it's going to sound better. It's going to sound better. Definitely going to sound better. Definitely going to sound better. Scooter quit, what, 300 million for that? That's outrageous. Three, you can't give up something out of $300 million. Uh, it's terrible. It was crazy. You know, it's like, you know, where's the morale at? Yeah, you know, no sitting morale. back, sitting back with your feet up on the chair on a, on a desk, while you're doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely, absolutely doing nothing and getting the rewards from it. So that's a that's, that's a real sucky move. It really is. You know, also for um for new artists, uh, I think this kind of well, first off, I think going forward, this is really going to help new artists to not get jerked when it comes to signing deals. And I think more and more newer artists are becoming more independent minded and not wanting to get with the big machine. Um, people are now, you know, the internet has made it so much more easy for artists to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna just go out here on, on YouTube. I'm gonna shoot my own videos. I'm gonna create my own fan base. This is something that really appealed to to record companies because like the a like we talked about this before a and r like doesn't even really exist anymore they kind of want you to already come as a full package so when you come as a full package it's like all right well we can just you know distribute but we ain't got to put no money into into you to develop you and then you turn around and i'm in this 
crappy deal where you guys are getting, you know, the majority of money from my work. So now I think a lot of younger artists are getting to the point of saying, well, I'm just going to be independent. I don't need the big machine. All I got to do is just jump out here on YouTube and on Instagram, put out some videos, give them some content, feed, you know, social media. And the next thing you know, I'm booking my own shows. I'm putting out my own music. I'm just going to go get a distribution deal with somebody so I can just distribute it. And even that now is like, I just go to Apple Music and just upload it on Apple and make my sales and I don't really need it. And I have total control on all of my music, no matter how big it gets. So I think that, you know, like always, they always say that we always stand on the shoulders of people who came before us. So for these newer artists, standing on the shoulders of people like Taylor, Anita, you know, Lil' Kim, Iggy Azalea, like all the artists, hip-hop artists, soul artists, everybody who's been there already and gone through that same type of fight, you know, this is going to make it a lot easier on them going forward. And I like what you said about standing on the shoulders. You got so many people out there who just see, you know, what's going on and what took place and like, yo, I don't have to touch the fire to get burned. Like, I can figure out a way to avoid touching that fire because you see what's going on with some of these other artists out, out here. I wanted to share something with you guys, which was um, a little excerpt I saw about um, JoJo. So, and this is just taking from the, the stance of a younger artist coming into the game and not knowing what's going on, um, where even you have to like be careful of the lawyer that you even had on your side. So this was an article about JoJo when she first got signed. Obviously, she didn't have any creative control. She was in one of those deals where the uh, publishers were taking most of it. So um, it talks about how she was she signed a seven album deal with Blackground um, Records at age 12, which is like nuts, like seven album commitment from age 12. It's like, wow. And underneath one particular um, record company. And they made it impossible for her to leave out of that deal. So this is Jojo saying that we were assured that the deal was very normal. And the lawyer that I was with at the time said, this is a great deal. You shouldn't even look into it any deeper than what it is. You're going to be protected. She said, we didn't know anything. Um, she said, my mom didn't have any experience in the industry. And after she had shot to, to stardom back in 2004, with her debut album, I think that was when it had like the Get Out uh, or yeah, Get Out song on it, like Leave Get Out. And then she mm -hmm. dropped 2006. She had that High Road album. Those two albums in the pop category actually did really well, had good placement. And she said that once she started to blow up, that she started hitting repeated roadblocks because the label started dragging their feet on releasing her third album and then like refusing to let her out of her contract. She said, I never got a concrete explanation for what happened. There wasn't a lot of communication, just a lot of lawyer talk at this point. She even said that um, she had to release two free mixtapes back in 2010 and in 2012 while still battling her label. And in 2013, finally managed to break free from her contract. She had signed again with Atlantic Records in 2017, but then she left to start her own label, which was called Clover Music. And that was her own joint venture with Interscope, which helped her to achieve her ultimate goal of ownership of her own music. So, I mean, this is crazy. This is like your age 12. Yeah. They lock you into a seven year because they already see the potential of money mm -hmm. coming in. And they lock you into a seven year deal. And uh, it took you all that time from age 12 all the way 
And so, you know, you're pretty much a grown woman to finally get out that deal and get some ownership. It's nuts. She was on parole. Word. <laughs> Extended <laughs> parole. Word. It's like she's out here on house arrest, man. <laughs> it's a business I, I never want to be a part of. Nah. It's horrible. Um, I was looking at something about, like, Master P. That guy was, he was on point being independent. Mm-hmm. Because um, he built the empire off of being independent. Sure did. There's no reason why that you and know, still eating off that. Off it's that still eating. Off. Eating yeah, well. <laughs> eating well. And one thing too that. Yep. And the like, key is not taking that advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take. Yeah. When they see. Yeah. That's where, especially these young cats. The first thing you do. Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna cop me a new chain. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna get blinged down and stuff like that. Because that, that advance. That advance is like more money they ever seen. Yeah, and they got to pay that back. Yeah, they have to pay that back. That's what they, a lot of them get caught in the three sixty deals, mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, you know, it's a it, the music industry is a grimy, 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 probably the most grimiest industries ever because every so much is taken from you. Your darn livelihood gone. <laughs> you never getting that back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing you have. So even some established artists, um, I thought this one was pretty good. Was um, Little Kim, Little Kim, the Queen B, the Queen B, Brooklyn's Queen B. She um, she went through some issues of not being able to even release music because of the fact that she was in a court battle at one point with her label, and because she was in that court battle, they wouldn't let her release anything. So there was like a lull of time where like people were asking like, yo, where's the music? Where's the music? And she was like, she couldn't do anything. She was like at a standstill. She said that if I actually would have released some music, I would have ended up back in court again <laughs> with the same the same uh, record label. It, it's just really, really wild to see how this situation of ownership, why it's so important for the artist to own. It will take you some more time. And I think this is where people jump in with the labels. The label can make you pop pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. When you're not with a big machine, there's a lot of grind work underneath. The big machine's already established. They've got all the money in the world. They've got all the promotion, street teams, everything's out there already for you. When you are doing it on your own, you're starting on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? Like you're starting from the basement and tr- first you're local in the neighborhood, you know, and then you go out a little bit further, then you put it online, you start getting some more streams on it. And then like, you know, you'd be able to, to book a local show and then it starts yeah. getting bigger and bigger. Let's take um before <laughs> internet social, it was selling joints out the back of the trunk. Absolutely. Doing it that way. But then, you know, when a person grinds that hard, they see the fruits of their labor instead of having somebody do it for you. Yeah. Because you're not seeing that. You're not. You're never going to see it. No matter even if you start to own your stuff, it's always going to be connected to somebody else mm-hmm. because they put it out there for you. Right. Right. And like you said, like today, it's much easier to do go independent because of social media, because Internet. It's much easier to do, but it's still a grind. And a lot of people don't want to they don't want to grind it out. They just want in front of them right there boom mm-hmm. take the easy way out so it's you know, crazy i'll go back to something that um core talked about earlier which was prince prince was like a super advocate for ownership 
super, super mm-hmm. advocate for ownership. He never, he could never understand why you don't want to have your own masters. Like you need to have that. And it's, it is kind of crazy that, you know, you can sit there and create music. I know Mills, Mills creates music. Mills creates a song, but he's signed to me. And I put him in one of those deals where I own the publishing. Now I don't create no music. I ain't wrote a lyric. I haven't played a keyboard. I haven't picked up a drumstick and hit a note at all. Why should I make more money than the actual creator just because I'm distributing the music? That's really all labels are doing these days is just helping you distribute. We can get you in Walmart on the shelf. We can put you in Target on the shelf. We can because there ain't really any more uh, record stores out here. (laughs) You know, you go to your regular shopping centers to go get some music. Or, you know, we can get it up on Apple and Spotify and, you know, all these other streaming services. Should that Does that mean that I should make more money for pretty much forever? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to just yeah, lock you in forever that I should make more money than, than the artist. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, Man, I miss Tower Records. <laughs> Man, those were the good days. Tower Records. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm old school, man. Back in the, the Wiz. That, the Wiz, yeah. The Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> the Wiz, yo. I'm old school. The Wiz. Who was wax. the one that was on the Av? That was The Wiz. The was Wiz. The Wiz? Yeah, The Wiz used to be on the Av. Yeah, I used to go of, there um, when I was a whole kid. Yo. <laughs> that was the good days, man. That was the really mm-hmm. good days. Long gone, me. Never, ever. Ever oh, no. getting those days back, and I'm often wondering, like, what's going to be the next evolution of music? Because music has made. I so can't many see anything after this streaming stuff. Like, well, you know what? <laughs> you never know, but how? You never know, but hey, nobody saw anything after eight tracks. Mm-hmm. Then came cassettes. Nobody saw mm-hmm. anything after cassettes. Then came CDs. We thought CDs was like, oh snap. Yeah. Then came and miniature CDs. Then after mini CDs came MP3. MP3s. Mm-hmm. You never know what the next, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna go buy a phone, and before I buy it, they're gonna ask me like, "What's your favorite artist?" And it is already gonna be preloaded on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Man, forget that. They're gonna have hologram machines. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. We're laughing about it, but I mean, yo, they're already doing hologram shows. Yeah, that's crazy. They got pop Tupac back Coachella. Yeah, yeah Houston went on tour right before COVID hit. Yes. It's definitely going to be another evolution, especially with this whole COVID thing, these concerts and, and studios and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to be something. It's just going to be amazing to see. You know what? Honestly, I I was kind of thinking the same thing with like the COVID situation. Like, mm-hmm. what if you got artists who like don't want to come to a venue or they get sick or something I like wish that? they would. And then you go and there's a hologram. I wish they would. It's I want a, a refund. It's all I want to see the person hologram. sweat. Yo, I want there. them to make eye contact with me. The you better get your behind. The hologram will look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I want the human, the actual human, to make eye contact with me. They better not start that. I'm calling out sick. Put that hologram on the stage. <laughs> so this is a, a really interesting topic, guys. And I'm sure we could sit here for a long time and just go on and on about it. But when it all comes down to it, ownership, man. In the words of Tyler Perry, own your stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> own your stuff. It's hard, but own your stuff. Because then you're going to be dealing with this in retirement. Well, Who you, wants to deal with this in retirement? Yeah. And when you think about it, either you own it or they do. Yep. Either, yep. 
That's it. So, you know, even if it's hard to, to get it or to, to, to start out, like, yo, do you want to, do you want to be, do you want to work for somebody or do you want to work for yourself? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather do it on my own. I'd rather have my own stuff and have the ability to say yes and no to my own work. It's, it's kind of a, the craziest thing to have to sit there and let somebody else dictate what happens with your work. It's the, the yeah. nicest thing ever. Yeah, imagine you sitting you're an artist, you sitting on your couch, yeah. you see a commercial with your music on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know anything about it. Yeah, didn't know anything about it. That's 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 insane. You flip to a commercial and the honey nut Cheerios B is out there singing it's getting hot in her and you sit on the couch like yo, I ain't I didn't <laughs> I want my song in that in that commercial. <laughs> It's bananas, bro. And negotiate. You can't be afraid to negotiate. Nobody's doing you any favors out here. They're not giving you a million because they're being nice to you. They can make probably a hundred million <laughs> if they're giving you a million. So Absolutely. negotiate. Oh, the house always wins. Yeah. House always wins. They're never going to give you more money than what you know. <laughs> so yeah, Nick's absolutely right, man. You got to negotiate. You 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 deserve it. And don't find yourself in these uh, Anita Baker, Prince. Beatles, you know, situations, Lil Kim situations, Taylor Swift situations. I'm I'm happy to see that the artists are standing up for themselves. It's the one thing I say. I'm really happy to see mm-hmm. them standing up for themselves and like now we need to take our our control back. Yeah. But, um, it's a shame that they even got to go through it, and it just shows you how much money is associated with having those masters. Because if there was no big money, the companies would give it back to them. Back to oh you. yeah. But oh, when yeah. you got when the Beatles got a fifty year fight on their hand to get back their masters, Anita Baker's outlived her thirty five year old contracts and she's still struggling to get back her masters and asking the public to put the pressure on the labels by not streaming her music. Don't let them make any money off my music until I get my masters because I'm owed it. Shows you how much money is involved with it. So don't give it to them in the first place. Yeah. Keep your stuff. Any last words, guys? I wish they all the best <laughs> and getting it back. This is a fight. My was goodness. Was it Q-Tip that said it in the song? Ended. Um, record labels are shady. Mm-hmm. Was that Q-Tip? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and if they're willing to give Shakira a hundred million and Little Wayne a hundred million for their masters, what do you think those masters are really worth? Word. Yeah, man. Word. That's yeah. a good point. Solid point. Shakira. Solid point, though. Yeah, Yeah, Shakira. Shakira, No disrespect, but Shakira. (laughs) (laughs) Hips don't lie is my jam. All right, enough. That's that's how we end the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us for this week of The Octave. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Shout out to L Book, because L Book wasn't feeling too good. So shout out to L Book. We'll see you back here at the round table next week. And for everybody else, we'll catch you guys on our next episode of The Octave. Everybody have a good one. Peace. Peace. Later.